Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Tuesday, October the 17th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And we're going to start with news that more pressure is being put on Eurostar to stop their trains in Kent again. Now, the services haven't called at Ashford or Ebbsfleet International Stations since the pandemic, and there's no sign of them resuming. But now council bosses have joined forces and want to hear from companies about the impact it's had on them. Their campaign is also being backed by business leaders. Tudor Price is from the Kent Invicta Chamber of Commerce. He's been speaking to Gabriel from our colleagues at KMTV. I think what frustrates people is a lot of time and money was spent locally here in Kent, you know, with Ashford Borough Council invested significantly as well, to try and facilitate that that stop uh, along the way. So the fact that the trains aren't stopping here now is is really problematic in terms of the connectivity, you know, when you're looking to try and pitch uh, an investment opportunity to sort of foreign investments and companies looking to come to the UK, you need to sort of one of the things is around the infrastructure, the skills, but also that connectivity. And the fact that you have to go whistling past your point of destination into London and then wait for a train to come back out again, you know, it, it doesn't really sit well and doesn't sell a good message at all. Why are international services so um, important for businesses um, in Kent? Well, I think we're all suffering, uh, obviously, cost of living crisis from a consumer perspective, but also lack of investment, lack of growth uh, and lack of trade, in particular export post-Brexit and so forth. So it's really important that, that Britain is sort of on a positive footing and is and is making it as easy as possible both for businesses to come here and for us to get stuff across uh, to Europe. I think one of the things that, that we've, we've recognised um, is there needs to be a business case made here. Um, you know, we're a chamber of commerce. It's, we're all about business. We understand the needs of business. So I think it's important to recognize that, that Eurostar got no financial support from the government during COVID. So they've had to sort of foot the bill themselves. They need to, to sort of recoup that money. And we understand that. And I think recognizing their challenges makes it a lot easier for us to then put forward constructive arguments as to why they need to be here. And this is what the survey is all about now. We're about building that business case. We believe there is a business case to be had there and it'll make it worthwhile for Eurostar to, to put those stops back on the line again. Is there still a need though for Eurostar services? Since the pandemic, many businesses have switched to a um, hybrid model working online. Is there actually the need for high-speed services into Europe when we can very easily do what we're doing right now and jump onto Zooms and have that same meeting? Yeah, I know that's a perfect, perfectly good question really. And yeah, we've all changed our working habits but of course, not everybody uh, can work hybrid. Uh, you know, a lot of people still need that face to face. But what it does is, is when you're looking to invest 40, 50, 60 million pounds uh, in the long term, you know, you, you really want to have boots on the ground. You want to come and visit the site. You want to get around. You want to meet people, press the flesh. That still is essential. Uh, you know, you'll never get that on Teams or Zoom. You know, you're going to need to make sure you've been out there. Um, so I think from a business perspective, yes, the, the, there is still very much a need for really good, simplified connectivity and Eurostar sort of fits that need. Um, but then, of course, also the footfall of tourists uh, and hospitality. You know, Kent is a, is a beautiful place to, to, to visit. We've got fantastic vineyards now, of course, lots of great food. So, you know, we need to make it really easy for uh, for businesses to come in and out of Kent. Now, we've previously told you on the podcast how a petition set up by people living in Ashford and calling for services to be reinstated collected more than 34,000 signatures. At the moment, Eurostar are the only international service to run on the high-speed one line. However, that could change in future. A consortium called Evelyn recently announced they're buying trains that could run on the line and compete with Eurostar between St Pancras in London and 
Paris Gare du Nord. Well, we'd love to know what you think today about Eurostar. Should it be stopping in the county again? Perhaps you're happy to travel to London to get on one of their trains. Do you think it has impacted business? Well, you can leave your comments on the story or you can send us a message via our socials. Kent Online News. We've got some crime news for you next. And two men have been jailed after a gun was fired just metres from a four-year-old girl in Chatham. She was with her dad when the weapon went off during what's been described as a showdown between two rivals in Melbourne Road in January last year. A father and son from London have been sent to prison for more than four years. A woman from Essex has been charged following a stabbing in Maidstone. Rebecca Griffin was arrested after a woman was found with multiple injuries on Station Road last Friday. The 40-year-old from Snowdrop Close in Chelmsford is due at Crown Court next month, accused of causing GBH with intent. A jealous boyfriend from Ashford who strangled his partner and threatened to set her house alight has been sent to prison for a year. A court was told Taylor Kirkpatrick's victim feared she was going to die when he became violent and accused her of speaking to other people on Facebook. The 24-year-old, who used to live in Hampden Road, admitted several offences, including coercive behaviour. And the boss of a nightclub in Margate has denied historic sexual abuse charges that are said to have occurred in the 80s and 90s. Duncan Bales, who runs Sundowners, appeared at Canterbury Crown Court and pleaded not guilty to 17 charges relating to four boys in Deal and Ramsgate. The 63-year-old, who lives on Margate High Street, has been released on bail ahead of another hearing next year. Now, next today, a building that once trained award-winning RAF cadets in Gillingham has been left covered in graffiti with crumbling concrete and needles on the floor. The site is now derelict and often targeted by arsonists. Well, reporter Joe Harbert has been covering this story for the website and joins me now. Firstly, Joe, thanks ever so much for being on the podcast. Can you tell us exactly where the building is and what it used to be? So the buildings are based directly opposite Gillingham High Street. Uh, on the corner of Marlborough and Brompton Road. Um, It's not actually been used at all for nearly 10 years now since the 1039 squadron of the RAF actually used the site as a training base for their cadets. Um, They actually first started using the buildings back in 1951, so it was in use for for more than 60 years, so um, it wasn't just a short-term thing. Now, we have got some video within your story at Kent Online, but for anyone who hasn't seen it just yet, can you describe what the building looks like? Uh, The site is actually a collection of buildings rather than just one structure. Um, The videos, therefore, sort of show... Uh, what the property looks like from the outside, which is essentially, you know, multiple derelict buildings, um, which are accessible through some bushes uh, from Great Lines Heritage Park, um, you know, directly next to the site, uh, which many people use every day to walk. Um, the footage also shows sort of the inside um, of this of the former training base and what it's become now, um, which is basically a place covered in litter. Uh, trolleys, uh, lots of graffiti too, um, some of which is actually incredibly offensive, showing swastika symbols plus some other uh, phallic images, um, which is obviously a big shame. And perhaps, Joe, understandably, local people aren't happy. What have they said to you? So a few of the people we spoke to are obviously residents who live in Gillingham, um, which are sort of... They sort of imply this has been on the cards for some time. Um, it's not until the person who took the video, though, sort of went inside um, and, and, you know, showed us did did others become sort of so shocked at how the whole place has has been left to essentially rot away um there was actually a fire last month too um so people we've spoken to 
Um, I'm now actually quite worried. Uh, the person who went inside has, has obviously labelled it a death trap after seeing the likes of needles on the floor and, and crumbling concrete on the ceiling, uh, some of which was probably caused by the fire last month, but um, it looks like it's been in the making for some time. Um, so again, it's a big shame, uh, but of course at the minute we don't know who owns the property other than it was bought back in March in 2021. Um, it was used by the council um, in the past, um, another owner also previously bought it after that um, and there were plans again on the cards only a few years ago to turn it into a nursery um, but they fell through so until the council you know can actually make contact which they they tried already with this owner um, it seems like it could remain as it is for the time being. And you've been in touch with the council and in fact the council leader who represents that area what have they had to say? In terms of its future, we have seen a letter posted by a resident which says an enforcement investigation has been logged and that a site inspection will take place in the near future. Um, having spoke with Vince Maple, who is the leader of Medway Council and one of the ward councillors uh, for Chatham Central and Brompton, which the property falls within, um, he says a Section 215 order may need to be issued. Um, this is basically it's basically a directive from a local planning authority to issue a maintenance notice um, when the condition um, of land or, or in this case buildings affects what's called the amenity of an area. Um, this notice can then be used to require the owner um, or occupier or landlord to deal with the poor state of um, such a building. Joe, thank you ever so much. And you can read Joe's report in full by heading to Kent Online. Kent Online reports. A Gillingham woman who was banned from keeping animals for life has been found with another pet. Santana Montero de Sanchez was convicted of animal cruelty in 2018, but police discovered her looking after a British bulldog after being called to her home. The dog has been taken away and the 38-year-old from Britain Street has been told to do rehab sessions. Figures obtained by Kent Online show nearly 70,000 drivers were fined for driving into London's ultra-low emission zone in the year before it was expanded. Transport for London is said to have made more than £6 million from those driving between the county and the capital in the most polluting vehicles without a permit. It costs £12.50 a day or a £90 fine. Well, the scheme was expanded to cover all boroughs, including Bromley and Bexley, at the end of August. There's been a sharp rise in the number of children being expelled from schools in Kent, the majority of which have special needs. Figures have jumped from 43 in the 2018 to 19 year to 68 in the last school year, an increase of 58%. Now, it's thought the COVID pandemic has changed the way children value education. A Dartford mum has been telling the podcast next about her experience with ADHD as we mark an awareness month. Emma Ben Musa has two children with the condition and was diagnosed herself just a few years ago. She's also a local counsellor and says it can be difficult to manage some aspects of her job. Emma has been speaking to reporter Keely Greenwood. Does it help? you understand your son's more because you've done it. It definitely helps, um, however it doesn't stop me having to go at Eamon or Sammy for doing things that I do myself. Um, but I can understand, you know, the talking so much, the no sleep, uh, the boys don't sleep, they're up and down, up and down all night. I don't sleep. so. Eamon will ask me, for example, I'll wake Tris up and say at three o'clock in the morning, how long is the Nile? And then Eamon will come in at 4am and he'll say, Mum, what's the capital of Belarus? And then we're just up and it's done. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think I'm really relaxed about it because 
for me it's normal. Um, whereas when I tell other parents about how my night's been or how my day's been, they're like, you're a lot mad. <laughs> is it a hard thing? Because you, you had such, such troubles at school, are you, are you thinking what he's going to go through? I'm terrified about secondary school because I was fine in primary school. Secondary school was not great. So I am very worried about that. Um, and I've been to the Senko at Eamon's primary school too, because I think Eamon's got ASD traits as well. Um, but we've only got a diagnosis for ADHD for Eamon. Um, I think he will need support in secondary. If he doesn't, because he's very dramatic and hyper, um, and he likes to make people happy, he will do whatever anybody tells him to do, and that is my worry. If he's not getting bullied, then he'll succumb to peer pressure really, really easily, and I'm panicking already about the situations that Eamon's going to get in, because I know what situations I got into when I was growing up. And what are the hardest things in daily life that you sort of struggle with? I struggle with putting like putting myself first. I cannot settle until I've sorted everybody else out. So if someone's messaging me at two o'clock in the morning, people will always say to me, don't answer it, it's your time, this is time to go to sleep, or this is your family time. I can't switch off. I, if I don't answer it now, then I won't answer it. I, that's, that's how my brain works, I have to do it right now. One of the worst challenges I have is when I'm out and about, if I'm collecting the kids from school, someone will come up to me and they will say, uh, I'm, I'm overcrowded or something and they need some help, which I'm, I'm very happy to help as I go. But I will forget. I need to write it down. If you approach me when I'm on the street, by the time I've got home, it's gone. Um, so it makes me very, very nervous when people do that. That's why I like to make appointments and prefer emails and phone, phone calls because I've got the diary in front of me, I can write it down. Yeah. Knowing that I am ADHD has helped me mentally massively because there's nothing wrong with me. It was just how I was born um, and I can't change it. And there's nothing wrong with stimming, there's nothing wrong with... Well, people usually call you bubbly. Um, there's nothing wrong with talking constantly um, as long as you give other people the chance to talk as well that's something we have to learn thank you ever so much to emma for sharing her story kent online reports the head of the spending watchdog says ukrainian refugees face a threat of homelessness unless decisions are made about funding and extending their visas now figures given to the podcast show 3600 ukrainians arrived in kent as part of the homes for ukraine program staying with 1500 sponsors two and a half thousand have now left the initial scheme with just over half of those moving into private rented housing and almost a third returning to ukraine well the national audit office has warned that some sponsorships finish before visas expire, creating uncertainty. A Jack Russell Terrier and her four pups have been rescued after being abandoned in a field near Sandwich. The dogs were discovered on Sunday off Fleming Road in Woodnersborough. They were said to be in a good condition. They're staying at the council's stray dog kennels and will be rehomed if they're not claimed within seven days. A park and ride service in Kent has been criticised after a couple were told they couldn't get on board a bus with a mobility scooter. The pair were visiting Canterbury from Lincolnshire when the driver of the 
double-decker said the vehicles weren't allowed. Well, the council has apologised and admitted some drivers need more training. Now, you may have noticed the weather has finally got a bit more autumnal and roads bosses have been showing off their fleet of gritters that'll keep the roads clear of snow and ice this winter. New drivers are currently being trained and six depots across the county are stocked with 23,000 tonnes of salt. Council also insist the service won't be affected by budget cuts as the authority looks to save money. Toby Howe is from Kent Highways. We've got 60 gritters across the county, plus five small ones to do all country lanes and housing estates. So a selection of the gritters here are all being um, tested and checked ready for the winter season. All of the drivers are being trained and instructed on how to actually drive the gritters, how to put snow plows on, because we have a number of new gritter drivers each year. So that's what's going on here, ready for the season to start next week. And when will the gritters go out? When will they know that it's uh, time for the roads to be gritted? What are you looking for? So, so we have a weather forecaster that provides us all of that information on a daily basis throughout the winter season. So telling us when road surface temperatures are due to dip below zero, when it's likely to be icy, if there's going to be snow, etc, etc, etc. From that information, we then instruct the guys and girls behind to be going out to treat the roads around the county to keep them safe. And it's not the air temperature, it's the surface temperature you're particularly looking at. Exactly. So when you look at your weather forecast on TV or on your phone app, it'll tell you the air temperature. So whilst that might say it's only going to get down to two or three degrees, the road surface temperature could be sub-zero and could be icy. So it's that information that we base our forecasting on. And that might, might sound like a stupid question, but how do you know what the temperature of the surface is? We have sensors around the county. We have numerous sensors in key locations that we can then extrapolate the data from, knowing that from that one sensor, that area is going to be similar sort of temperature. And we also have technology that will actually look at the road surface conditions so there's little cameras. So frequently you'll drive along the motorway or along the main road and you'll see these little devices and that's what they're for. Quite often you'll see um, the gritters going out in the evening, six o'clock, it's the, it's the rush home. People get annoyed because the gritters are gritting right, in, uh, right, by, uh, right in front of them. Why do they go out at key times sometimes? So unfortunately, <laughs> the weather doesn't really care about our peak times and like that. So if we, can see, if we get a forecast showing that actually the roads are going to be icy from say 7 p.m., we have to get the guys and girls out there in advance of that time so they could be out at four five six o'clock really to make sure that salt's down ready so we, we try where we can to manage around the traffic but unfortunately our priority is to make sure that we keep those roads safe and what roads are gritted because there's not every single road in kent is it no we have about eight and a half thousand kilometers of road across the county of which we do about 30 percent of those which are what we call primary routes so it's the main roads plus those that sort of link towns and villages. So our primary routes across the county. And we know that Kent County Council do have budget concerns. Is that going to have any impact on the operations here? Are there going to be fewer primary roads gritted this year? No, I mean, our priority is to make sure that we are keeping the roads safe. That is the primary consideration. Yes, of course, we look at budgeting, but that's one of the reasons as well, the practicality that there's no way we could ever treat all of the roads. But we have a number of salt bins around the county as well at key locations where we're not gritting. Kent Online News. 
You can head to Kent Online today to see how an artist has transformed two dull-looking utility boxes in Tunbridge Wells. Louise Dean was commissioned to paint some of the street furniture in Calverley Road. She's turned them into a doll's house and a cat playing in a garden. I was contacted by a charity in Tunbridge Wells called Refresh Tunbridge Wells. And somebody on their committee is also an artist. And they had said that they were trying to find somebody who was who could... They were thinking of birds and nature. So she recommended me. So I went to meet with them and showed them some of my previous work. I did think twice because I was a bit concerned about painting outdoors or in the public. I mean, I'm pretty friendly and everything, but I was like, oh, I'm not sure how I feel about like sitting on a pavement painting but yeah this one was totally unique a unique opportunity and obviously for me it was fantastic it really raised my profile locally and I got you know hopefully some other work will come out of it it's really lovely feeling and I mean even especially I would say it was so nice when I was coming towards the end and there was a lot going on in both boxes and and I could hear children as they walked past getting excited and uh, their reaction and then people coming up to me and telling oh I, I come here now with my friends and their kids and they play around and and that's exactly what we wanted to achieve. A Kent MP has presented a cheque for more than £150,000 to the Kent Oncology Centre after climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Chatham and Ellsford's Tracy Crouch teamed up with a group of other women to raise money for breast cancer Kent. They completed the challenge in August. This is one of our most read stories on the site today. A Folkestone restaurant has tripled in size after struggling to cope with a number of people wanting to eat there. Marley's has moved to a new unit in South Street, which is in the creative quarter part of town. They've taken on a unit made available when another restaurant closed in May. And just a heads up for you, forecasters are predicting very wet and windy weather as the UK prepares for Storm Babbitt. Heavy rain is expected to hit Kent tomorrow, but it looks like we will avoid the worst of the conditions. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham are taking a bit of a break from League Two as they're in Kent Senior Cup action later. Taking on Maidstone United in the second round at the Gallagher Stadium. Kickoff is at 7.45. You can follow the match action at Kent Online. Elsewhere, we'll find out later if two more Kent teams can qualify for the first round proper of the FA Cup. Ebbsfleet United are travelling to Slough and Sheppey host Billericay in replay matches tonight. Gillingham, Maidstone and Ramsgate are already through. And we'll also find out today if Kent's Alessia Russo is in the England women's squad for their next Nations League game. Serena Vigman's side face Belgium at Leicester City's ground later this month. It follows a win over Scotland, but defeat to the Netherlands, which has left them third in the group. And finally, Kent Olympian Dame Kelly Holmes has completed a relay triathlon to raise awareness of marine conservation. She was joined by fellow athletes Chris Hoy and long-distance swimmer Ross Edgley in racing along Edinburgh's coastline covering 28 and a half kilometres in just 100 minutes. So the last part of my run was amazing. I went down the causeway towards Cramon Island to meet Ross and Chris. This is all for ocean conservation with Talisker and Parley for the ocean. Great cause. Congratulations to Dame Kelly and the team. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. 
This is the Kent Online Podcast.